As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. I am Nurse Mo, and I am so happy that you are here with me today. Today, we're talking about a subject that a lot of students struggle with in clinical as students, and then again, when they're actually working as a nurse, especially that brand new nurse. So before we dive into the topic of prioritizing patient care, let's take a quick minute for our listener shout out. And this one goes out to Mindy, who says this. Nurse Mo is hands down my secret weapon in nursing school. I used her Crucial Concepts Bootcamp before I started. I listened to the Stretty Nursing Podcast all the time, and now I have the study sesh. I cannot recommend her enough. The way she breaks down concepts just makes it so easy to understand. No matter where you are in your nursing journey, this podcast will benefit you, whether it be just to freshen up on your knowledge or to finally grasp the concept of something you've been struggling with. Thank you, Nurse Mo. Thank you right back at you, Mindy, for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to write that very thoughtful review. You absolutely made my day. Okay, everyone, let's dive into prioritizing, okay? So here's what typically happens as students and even as a brand new nurse once you graduate. It's really easy, really um, kind of the path of least resistance to focus on tasks and not see that big picture. But guess what, you guys? That's exactly where you're supposed to be. That's exactly what's expected of you. If you look at Patricia Benner's Novice to Expert, then you can see, okay, in the beginning, I am very task-oriented, and that's okay. So don't beat yourself up about it if that's where you are. But it can make it hard to prioritize patient care. And in order to really make that successful transition from student to new grad RN, you really want to start thinking more globally. So this will probably apply more to students in their final semester, to students who are working as a new nurse, but I still want you to listen to it if you're brand new because I want these thoughts about prioritizing percolating somewhere in your brain, okay? So here's kind of my general approach when I'm precepting, orienting a new grad nurse, okay? Or even like a fourth semester student. Overall, I always advocate for the nurse to come up with a plan for the day. Okay. Now, when I was a nursing student, I came up with these plans. They were ridiculous in hindsight, absolutely ridiculous. I had 
five minute blocks. Like that's how detailed my plan was. I was down to five minute blocks about what I was doing with my time. And like, I will finish doing this at 11.05 and then I will do this until 11.10 and then I will do this until 11.35. I like, it was that detailed. Well, guess what happened? Pretty much immediately it went off the rails. But what it taught me was how to start anticipating how long certain tasks would take. And then it started to become more intuitive for how I would plan out my day. The other benefit that it gave me in the beginning was I would have trouble looking at everything that I needed to do on my clinical day. And it helped me see how I would get it all done. Even if the plan all went to heck, I at least started the day feeling confident, okay? As I got more experience, and again, as I got a feel for how long things would take and started actually practicing, my schedules for the day became a lot looser. Like instead of five-minute blocks, maybe I, I stretched it out at first to like 15 or 30 minute blocks. And now I kind of go more by an hour by hour schedule. And it's not even really so much a schedule as I know I need to do these certain things at these certain times. But I do like having that framework. Okay. Now, with that said, having a schedule for the day or a plan for the day when you start out does not mean you don't ever have to think about it again. You are definitely constantly prioritizing your patient care. Prioritizing patient care, your time management, all of that, that's not a one and done thing, okay? I want to make that very, very clear. It is not a one and done thing. It is a dynamic activity that takes place continually throughout the day. And often it means rethinking that plan or that schedule that you made as you go, making adjustments and acting accordingly. Okay, so does that make sense, you guys? Even though you might start the day with a plan, if you think that that plan is going to be followed to the T, you're going to be in for a very, very big surprise. Your plan is just there to give a little framework to your day. You are constantly reassessing, reprioritizing, adjusting as needed so that the high priority items stay your priority, okay? So what do I mean by that? Things to consider as you prioritize throughout your shift. I want you to always be kind of thinking about this stuff. Who is your sickest patient? Who is the patient that needs the, your attention right now? How long will a specific task take? What is the most important piece of data you need right now? Are you prepared for the unexpected? And what are your patients' needs and what will serve them the best? So we're going to talk about each of these a little bit. So let's say you've got your, you know, your group of patients, right? And I've only ever worked ICU and now I work recovery room. So in the ICU at most, I only ever had two patients. In the recovery room, I often only have one at a time. 
If you are working on a floor, you're going to have four, five, six, maybe seven patients. Regardless of how many patients you have, you always want to be thinking about who is my sickest patient right now, okay? This can change throughout the day. Just because patient A starts off as your sickest patient, let's say you're in the ICU, doesn't mean patient A is going to stay your sickest, most critical patient all day. Maybe patient A will stabilize. You'll get in there. You'll do some things. Patient A will stabilize. And then patient B starts showing some respiratory difficulty. Now who's your most critical, your sickest patient? Always understanding that you may need to adjust your focus based on changes in patient condition is really, really key, okay? And always having the understanding that anything could happen, right? Never taking for granted that just because Bob is doing okay right now, that doesn't necessarily mean Bob's going to be okay in an hour. You're always going back in and reassessing. Okay, so another factor to think about as you are prioritizing is how long a specific task will take. And you'll get better at estimating this the more you do specific tasks, right? So considering how long a task will take versus all the other things that you need to do, other tasks, this will help you keep the most amount of time available for the most important tasks. So here's what I mean by this. Let's say your patient is sitting in the chair and really wants to get back to bed, okay? Let's say the patient has severe mobility issues, chest tubes, IV lines, you know, it's a group project. You know it's going to be a group project. It's not going to be as simple as, okay, yeah, let me just move some things around. It's going to take a while to get this patient back to bed. In the meantime, your other patient is on an insulin infusion and needs a blood sugar taken every hour. Okay, that's a critical assessment because if you don't take their blood sugar, and they're still getting the same amount of insulin, they could get too much insulin. So really high risk for hypoglycemia. That's why we take blood sugars so often when patients are on insulin infusions. Now, you've got these two patients. They both need things, right? It is absolutely okay to tell the chair guy, I need to go take care of one quick thing, and then I will bring the team in and we will get you back to bed. And then letting them know, I will be back in five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever reasonable amount of time is. The key here is if you had said, okay, I'm going to get this guy back to bed, knowing you've got a blood sugar to check in the other room, that blood sugar is going to literally take you probably less than a minute, maybe two minutes at the most to perform. But getting this guy back to bed, that's assembling a team, uh, doing the work, that could easily be... 10 or 15 minutes. So thinking about how long things will take really helps you prioritize. My priority is going to be go check that blood sugar really quick and then get my team and come back in and get this guy back to bed. It's really key to do that to help you prioritize, okay? Now, the next thing to really be thinking about as you're prioritizing is what is the most important data I need right now? Because as the nurse, you're constantly bringing in data 
from your patients, right? And this is going to vary based on what's going on with your patient. So let's say you have a fresh uh, surgical patient who had a craniotomy and you've got a patient who's on a ventilator. Both really critical patients, right? Your orders will indicate something like hourly neuro checks on your neurosurge patient. And your patient on the ventilator needs his daily ABG drawn. So considering the data that you need right now, considering that neuro changes can occur very quickly, the data I need the most right now isn't a daily ABG, even though that's really important. The data, and it's probably going to be faster, right, than doing a full neuro assessment, possibly. You have to take into account what data you absolutely need in order to catch a change in condition. So because neuro changes can occur very quickly, I'm going to conduct my neuro exam first. That blood gas, though important, is a daily task. We can probably wait the 5-10 minutes before we do that, right? If you've got a patient on vasopressors, what data do you want to know all the time about that patient? The data you want is their blood pressure, right? I'm going to take their blood pressure before, probably before I take their blood sugar, possibly in many cases. Um, if the patient's in renal failure, what data do I really want? Really quick to obtain data, their urine output. I want to know their urine output. Knowing what key data you need about whatever's going on with your patient at any given time will help you prioritize the data that you need to obtain and what you need to do in relationship to everything else that is going on. And all of this makes way more sense when you are working with patients. So if you're not yet working with patients and you're feeling like, I don't get it, as you start doing it, I promise things are going to come together. The other thing that I would consider as you're prioritizing is are you prepared for the unexpected? Nothing will derail your plan for the day or for the hour or for the afternoon like an unexpected turn of events. So, but when you know what potential crises or things could occur, you can prioritize your day to be prepared or take steps to prevent the unexpected from occurring, right? So, Let's say I've got a patient uh, who has come into the ED and they are in complete heart block. Okay, talk about scary. And I've got another patient who is at risk for a cerebral vasospasm. I know really bad things could happen to either one of those patients, right? My heart block patient could go into complete cardiac arrest, and my vasospasm patient could have a devastating neurological change. So what I like to do when I'm preparing for the unexpected is kind of play a little what-if game with myself. What if X happens, what am I going to do? What if this happens, what am I going to do? And knowing what my next steps would be, like let's say, okay, I know they're at risk for vasospasm, we're doing all the things to prevent it. But if I go in there and they have a change in condition neurologically, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to call the MD and report that, right? 
I'm going to do a thorough neuro assessment. That's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, my other patient in the complete heart block, maybe that maybe I'm going to keep them on the pacer pads so that if they have a, you know, a significant, maybe they go into such severe heart block, they're, you know, ventricular rate's only 34. Okay, that's not going to work. But if I've got the pacer pads on already, we can maybe pace this guy until help arrives and he gets to the OR to get his actual pacemaker placed. Knowing the unexpected things that could happen, being ready for them, having a plan really helps you prioritize your care and also can help you prevent unexpected things from happening if they are things that can be prevented. You can take steps to prevent them. The other thing that I would say to think about when you're prioritizing is what does my patient need and what is going to serve him or her best? So each patient will need different things, different care interventions based on their disease condition, their pathophysiology, whatever's going on with them. And knowing what these needs and priorities are will help you keep the most important things at the forefront, okay? So at the height of your attention. So for example, let's say I've got a patient who has sepsis, septic patient, whose potassium is 3.3, okay? And whose magnesium is 1.8 and has lots of IV meds due at 9 o'clock. They've got uh, vancomycin, which is an antibiotic. They've got potassium. They've got magnesium. They've got a banana bag. I talked about that earlier when I was talking about, um, I forget what we were talking about. On a recent podcast episode, we talked about banana bags. And let's say that patient, they've got all these things due all these issues, but only one IV site. And your other two sites, maybe you've got an insulin drip going through one and a bicarb drip going through the other. Those insulin and bicarb will hog a line all to themselves, by the way. And you need to think about what meds am I going to give first? Maybe for some reason I can't get another IV started. What meds am I going to give first? So when you think about what does the patient need and what will serve them best? So he's septic. I've got antibiotics to give, I've got electrolytes to give, I've got vitamins to give. In sepsis, most likely, you're going to be given the antibiotics. The antibiotics are going to be really, really key for this patient. If his potassium were only 2-something, 2.6, maybe the potassium would win out over the antibiotics, especially if he were having ectopy, right? You would maybe then, in that case, what I might try to do is start another line, or maybe I can give the potassium PO and get that Vanco going. So those two things are happening now at the same time. You see, you want to prioritize what does he need, what is going to serve him best. And yeah, sometimes that means doing two things at the same time. So maybe I get that potassium order converted to PO because he's awake now and he can swallow that giant potassium pill. Whereas maybe yesterday he couldn't, and that's why it was ordered IV, that would be a potential way to manage and prioritize competing priorities, okay? Um, those would be the kind of the general things that I look at when I am prioritizing patient care. And yes, I always say if I had three hands, I would be super nurse because I really could do 
two things at the same time. But as we all know, usually one thing has to win just a little bit. So again, just to recap from the top, who is your sickest patient? That can change over the course of the day. Which patient needs you the most? That can change over the course of the day. How long will a specific task take? If I've got two things of equal importance, one I can do lickety split and one that's going to take 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to do the lickety split one first most likely because that 10 or 15 minute project has potential to expand even longer and I don't want the patient to feel like I'm rushed, right? I want to feel I want them to feel like I'm giving them my undivided attention. What is the most important piece of data that I need to know right now? It's really going to depend on what's going on with your patient. If they're on an insulin drip, I want their blood sugar. If they're on a Lasix drip, I want their urine output, right? Um, If they're on a vasopressor, I want their blood pressure. Like what data do I want the most right now about my patient? I'm going to stay on top of those data points. Am I prepared for the unexpected? Do I know what to do? Do I have a plan for the unexpected? And do I have a plan to prevent the unexpected if it's preventable? And then what does my patient need and what is going to serve him best? So there you have it, you guys. Those are some general guidelines about prioritizing your care. I want you to just let these things kind of be in the background of your clinical experience as you're going through nursing school and then come back and revisit this and listen to this episode multiple times as you're working with a full patient load because you're going to pick up little things differently here and there that will resonate with an experience that you're having right now at the bedside or recently had. And that can really help you apply these principles because it's not, this is not one of those things like with a lot of my podcast episodes, I tell you the things that you need to know for your exam and then you get the data, you study, you review, you go in and you crush your exam. This is one of those things where you're going to get more from it the more you're actually at the bedside and practicing and then listen to this again and then you're going to apply it to your practice and then listen again and apply it again and again and again. And it will take a while for you to get really good at prioritizing. A lot of the growth that will occur has to do with you developing clinical judgment, okay? So Give yourself some grace. Don't expect that just because I told you this list of things that your next clinical day, you're going to prioritize like a champ. No, but you're going to be working in that right direction. You're going to be asking the questions. You're going to be thinking through things. You're going to get there. Okay, I promise. So that is it for today, everybody. I do want to just give you a quick little introduction to study sesh, which I mentioned in the listener shout out because some of you are probably saying, what is study sesh? So study sesh is my other podcast. It is a member podcast. And in study sesh, we utilize dynamic audio learning to really, um, free you from your desk. That was my goal with it. We do things like pod quizzes, which some of the episodes have pod quizzes at the end. I even have some full episodes of pod quizzes here on the on the podcast. 
We do drills where we just go over something over and over and over again and drill it. It's just like if you were in the military, we were doing drills or you ever played sports and you did drills, same concept. We do power hour where we do a deep dive into an underlying core concept and then we do some case studies here and there. So study sesh is super cool. I want you guys to check it out. It is at straightanursingstudent.com forward slash study dash sesh. And I will link to it in the episode notes. So that is what that is all about. You've heard some of the listener shout outs talking about it. So I just wanted you to know what it was all about. And if you learn with your ears, then you definitely owe it to yourself to go and check that out. So I will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long.